Everybody ready? Everybody feeling good? Yeah. Cool. I could feel better. Uh, <laughs> I'm sober. I'm just kidding. You just got a new job. I know. I feel fucking great. Who I am mean, I, I kidding? I could have I brought a six pack. I do have a Come bar. Come on. Yes. Friends, this is the Lofty Conversations Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Scott. Alongside me is Miss Rachel me. Flynn. How you doing? I'm good. It's raining today. And it never rains in Arizona. It never rains in Arizona, but it's raining today. So Sucks. we we took some time. We, we figured while it's raining, we might as well do a show. We got somebody to come hang out with us. So it's a perfect time for us to do a show. Before we get to that, though, we we've talked about this before. We love, love, love anything local. L-O-V-E. L-O-V-E, local stuff. All of our favorite bars are local spots. We, we're, I wouldn't say we're like boycotting chains. Every now and then we got to go to some chain. But we've got a lot of good friends of the show. A lot of just good friends in life are, are local business owners. And this is the time when they need us the most it's 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 kind of strange economic times we're in we're in a weird spot right now and i don't know we need to help each other out so what we want you to do if you're a friend of the show support local you've got an organization no matter where you are that you can support local here in arizona we have local first az it's a great place where you can go find out all the cool things that are happening local you can get a guide to anything you need to if you want to shop if you want to go buy some clothes, it's it's almost springtime. People love to buy new clothes in springtime. Basic outfits coming Basic out. Basic for brunch. You can find spots brunch there outfits to wear yes. your basics. Basic I'm gonna go shop at a local boutique, buy a yep. hot little brunch outfit, and then have a then you go eat have a brunch, brunch at a local restaurant. Yeah, I think Just that's a great. Sign idea. me up. So please support our friends. Support your friends that are out there running local businesses, doing awesome things, doing the things that we love. It helps us have content because it keeps people alive to come tell us good stories about the awesome stuff they're doing. Support local, local first, local first Daisy here, local first, wherever you are, find them. They're out there. Speaking of local. Speaking of local, what do we got today? Our guest today has a local bar in Phoenix called the Thunderburn Lounge. Yeah, I love it. It's a spot. Um. I am not going to – I'm going to butcher your last name, though, so why don't you tell us? Uh, it's Garazza. Garazza. Oh, it's such a good name. Good. I was going to mess it up, though. So we have Jeremiah Garazza here. Um, he's one of the owners of the Thunderbird Lounge. Um, I was unfamiliar with the Thunderbird Lounge because it's brand new. You said less than a year old? Yep. We opened April 20th. Ooh, we're coming up on a <laughs> one-year anniversary. Close. Oof. Um, well, in less than a year, they were voted uh, Phoenix Top Drinking Destination – one of the best bars in Phoenix, and best new bar by the Phoenix New Times. So they're getting a lot of press. That's a lot, dude. Hot little spot. Yeah. He's modest. <laughs> he's, he's very humble. He's we, very humble. We, we, we've, been, uh, we've been very blessed to have uh, very good press. 
Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's amazing. a lot in a short amount of time. And and good publications, uh, Washington Post, Eater, Thrillist. You got in the Post. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. USA Today. I've seen, actually, I've, I've seen you guys in Thrillist, so that's pretty cool. Thrillist is a good one. Yeah. I that's think a amazing. lot of millennial foodies are, are Thrillist fans. Well, speaking of millennials, what's the vibe of the Thunderbird Lounge? <laughs> what's, what's like our concept? So it is a late 70s, early 80s friendly neighborhood bar love it i'm originally from chicago and everyone has basement bars and so i wanted to open a bar that reminded me of my grandmother's basement i love it yeah patio sick where everybody used to drink when we were in high school what was your (laughs) bring us back (laughs) when you when did you first come up with the idea well for first how long have you been in arizona uh, I I moved here when I was young, yes. like five. So you're 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 an OG. We got a yeah. local guy. Yeah. yeah, local guy with a local bar. Yeah. What what was the what's the origin story of the lounge? So I actually opened another bar three years prior. Uh, that was a video game bar in Phoenix called Cobra Arcade. Yep. And I sold my half of that to venture off and open my own place and. I have always loved mid-century modern design. Um, A lot of the furnishings in the bar uh, came from my house. And I just, I always wanted to open a mid-century modern bar. And the Melrose District is the perfect place. Uh, All the thrift stores, all the local businesses, uh, all of our lamps were purchased in the Melrose District. We tried to, when uh, when we furnished it, we tried to get as much from the neighborhood that we were moving into as possible. Yeah. That's amazing. I I love the. I'm a huge mid-century modern fan myself. Um, I love. I, I don't know. It's just it's my favorite era. I love the architecture, and I think that's probably why when I when I got wind of the bar, that's why I wanted to come, and I felt. I, I, I'm not going to say I've never felt more at home anywhere because I'm pretty at home here. <laughs> but it's it's a cool vibe. Well, and, thank you. And the crowd is awesome. I don't know. I just, I just dig what you're doing. We're, we're very lucky. We have a very nice, uh, laid-back, chill crowd. What – how has – so when you talk about kind of getting into the the bar restaurant scene, there's so much competition everywhere. But here, I mean – Phoenix is such a good place for sure. for an eater and a drinker because there's so 100%. much going on. So much great stuff going yeah. on. What what when you when you thought about that that was something you wanted to do, what made you I guess this goes back to Cobra really before yeah. that. What made you realize you wanted to take that dive and and kind of do that? So, I've been promoting concerts basically since I turned 18 and the profit margins on concerts are 10 to 15 percent and you realize that all of the money or any of the money made yeah. in concerts comes from alcohol sales yeah yeah, yeah. so boom as, yeah as, as much as i <laughs> love that, yeah, as much as i love concerts and i love still putting on concerts and i love still going to concerts from a business standpoint it made sense to well, just open a bar. Yeah. Yeah. See just you. cut right to the chase. <laughs> just if, if, bypass if, the yeah. music. By, just bring me right to the alcohol. Let's open yeah. the bar. So, yeah. So we actually, you know, we, we don't have any music at the bar. Um, 
Friday and Saturday nights, we have DJs who spin vinyl. And uh, Friday nights, they do like funk, soul, disco. Saturday nights, they do 80s music. Oh, okay. Vibing. Yeah. We have a little dance floor. Chilling? You know. Okay. What when you, when you came to the point where you were looking for a location, you were, what made you pick this neighborhood? So... Um, Funny enough, so my uh, my partner Charlie Levy, who owns Crescent yep. Valley Bar and Van Buren, he opened those because he lived right by there and he could walk there. Yeah, and I kind of loved that model. Yeah, and so I live in the Melrose district, and I just wanted to open a bar that I could walk to. You could walk to, yeah. I mean, and it's turned out neighborhood great. Neighborhood bar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> literally, you, you open the bar that you want to drink at. Yeah. You know, like yeah. where, you know, I wanted to open a bar that I personally would go to. And and every time I'm in there, I'm like, man, this bar is awesome. Yeah. I'd go. <laughs> who, who owns I'd this? Go. This is a <laughs> sick bar. <laughs> I feel like that about myself a lot in my own head. So I feel like to have a bar that I felt like that about would be. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just glad that uh, that other people like it and that all the bar seats in in scott's bar would be like nascar seats and you'd have to wear a (laughs) seat belt to sit at the bar no i mean that would be awesome right i I think we got a new concept i mean (laughs) i I drove a nascar once it's crazy you did yeah yeah they're 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 insane when you what what's been the response just kind of from your friends from your circle as you've got this place open it's been overwhelmingly positive everyone has been so nice and so friendly uh the entire neighborhood not only my friends but i'll I'll be there obviously on a on a friday or saturday night and i'll look around and there'll be 350 people and i don't know a single person yeah and you know it's just like where did you guys come from how do you know about like you know because we've never spent a dime uh marketing on marketing that's wow that's impressive it's uh i come from underground promotions and guerrilla marketing. Right. And I try to do as much free as I can. Yeah. Instagram's free. Facebook's free. Our Instagram page, we're lucky. Uh, we did specifically when we built the bar, had it in mind to be an Instagram bar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with the choice of we have a mechanical horse in the front of the bar and we have wallpaper that we imported from Europe and we have fieldstone that has copper and turquoise yeah. and we have a bunch of oh. old video games and beautiful lamps and well I think one of the things sounds I sounds like appreciate. a good place to take an insta photo. <laughs> That's great. Well hashtag the, I don't know. Well Thunderbird Lounge. I, I think it's <laughs> what's a basic thing to hashtag? It's in in an authentic way. It's everything that a lot of these shitty bars on the other side of town wanna be. But but this one is it has all those opportunities to do those things and create that content in an authentic way. Because there's a lot of places out there that are that are creating those experiences but solely for the content recreation. Sure, sure. You know, and like my partners and I did things that I don't think any other bar owners on the planet would have done. Yeah. I mean, we were on online auctions and we found an abandoned bowling alley in Globe, Arizona. Nice. And we went up with a U-Haul truck and a saw and we sawed the bowling lanes in the dark. And that is the, the bar top of our bar. 
And we wow. t- we like tore the wood paneling off of the walls of this bowling alley, and that's the wood paneling. Hang on, on wait. Our walls. Did yeah, no to, one's doing did that. Did you have to pay You're... for this, or did you just get to walk in and like rip shit out? Uh, I think we paid two hundred dollars or something. Oh my god, that's um, fantastic. You know, and we have like we have uh, bowling bowling alley chairs around our cactus. We have a giant, you know, hundred you know hundred and fifty year old saguaro cactus in our backyard. Yeah. Which is sweet, actually. So there's an outdoor space too. Yeah. So the inside's actually fairly small. It's it's a okay. thousand square feet. Okay. Our, our capacity inside is forty four, uh, but oh. we have a five thousand square foot backyard. Yeah. That's where it bumps. Yeah. yeah that's outside. outside. So the back the backyard can fit about three hundred and fifty people. Okay. Yeah. Um, we have cornhole. We have giant jenga. We have a little dance floor. We have DJs. Yeah, I mean. Speaking I, of cornhole. We got some good cornhole stories, <laughs> I hear. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you want me to tell you? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, of course. no, I wanted you to keep it inside. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so um, maybe two months after we opened, we got a two-star Yelp review, which for any business, like, as much as you love or hate Yelp, like, it, it can absolutely destroy small businesses. Oh, you know? yeah. Um, I have. Don't, don't let me get on my soapbox. <laughs> no, well, so we have a theory on Yelp. Scott and I are very uh, okay. well, passionate gonna, about Yelp reviews. I'm going to get on my soapbox for minutes on Yelp. Here's my fucking problem with Yelp. They are such bullies. They And I don't know if you've experienced this, but they have a, a team. They're, they're business strategy people. They call these local businesses and they say, hey, do you want to do ad spots or blah, 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 or like sponsored reviews with us? And you're like, nah, no, nah, we're not going to do that. Then what they'll do is they'll take your good yeah. reviews and flush them down to the bottom so that the bad shit. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm convinced this is my conspiracy theory. I'm not. I mean, the people they, they, that they, write they definitely, Yeah, they definitely hit us up. Uh, yeah. But like I said, you know, we've never spent a dime. Yeah. So I'm not. And they don't like I'm, it. I'm not, I'm not about <laughs> to give my money is. to Yelp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you so know. you got a bad one. So we a got two, a bad one. Somebody was in a bad mood that day. They and, gave you a two star. And it was the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, we our bar is in the gayborhood. Yeah. And there was that's because we're that's because the gays know how to party. Roosevelt yeah. District is a sorry not Roosevelt, Melrose. Melrose Melrose District is a phenomenal neighborhood. By the way, yeah, amazing. Roosevelt's we we great love too, we love Melrose's. we love all of our neighbors. Yeah. Um, so uh, they saw a gentleman in a dress playing cornhole. Yeah. And decided that was the reason they were going to leave a two star review. People and that suck. was that was it. That was like no reason. Yeah, and we're yeah. like, um, did they actually cite that as being the yeah, reason? So yeah, two star. Yeah, they, they give were you two they stars. were like man in dress, not okay. Might or might not come not back. Not okay. And, and it was like okay, might or might not come back. Like yeah. oh, okay. You kind of liked the guy <laughs> in the dress, but you just don't want to admit it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we decided to flip that, and we partnered with the HRC, the Human Rights Campaign, to put on a drag cornhole tournament. And Fantastic. we got four drag queens and four people to play cornhole with them. Uh, they were $100 a ticket. And Montucky, which is like a, a local beer from Montana, they give back the 8% to local charities. Okay. So we partnered with them, and they – with – the beer and the tickets and just donations, we were able to raise about $1,500 for the HRC. Nice. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, and just turn it around. So now, that you know, that's going to be a yearly thing we do is, is drag cornhole. And, you know, uh, once everything gets back going to normal, uh, we're going to be doing drag shows uh, once a month. I love 
Any the best time. time I've ever had is a drag, right? drag bar. There's some good. There's some good ones in they Chicago too. They are so yeah. much fun. There's oh uh, down in Boys Town. Yeah, yeah. I used, <laughs> to, I, I used to live in. I lived in Boys Town for well about six years, and then I moved downtown. Oh, okay. But up in Andersonville, there's Hamburger Mary's. Yeah, um, I've been there. They do the brunch, which is crazy. I I think it's awesome. I my favorite thing about that story is when people try to smear you, and it just turns into mm-hmm. phenomenal positive content for yeah. the neighborhood. And and that was one where the neighborhood came out to support us in full, hundred yeah. percent, yeah, absolutely. And you've done you've had some other experiences too, where where folks have come out in support. What else has gone on? Yeah, so um, Anton is one of our security guards, and he has a six year old daughter who needed brain surgery, and so we said, okay, well, we'll uh, we'll create a GoFundMe and we'll put it up on our Instagram and Facebook and see what we can do to help you. And we were able to raise $5,000 for his daughter to get brain surgery. That's amazing. Right here at Phoenix Children's. Yeah. Such a great hospital. That's that's one of the things that, that I think this city does so well is it, it's a place for people to come for that type of help and have some respite when they need it. Um, so I, I love that story, too. When you When you think about... Where you want the place to go? I know we're a little bit in flux right now for 2020, but yeah. I mean, what what are the cool things you got going on? I mean, we love being able to throw and host fun events. Yeah, um, just being able to be creative. Uh, this last New Year's, we threw a labyrinth masquerade ball. Nice, I love and, it. And yeah, we had stilt walkers and fire breathers and. Uh, that was a blast. We loved it. And everyone who we had about, we did an extension into our parking lot. We had about 1,500 people show up. That's that's amazing. The space is so great for, I mean, the backyard is, is killer. Well, I love, I always think, I'm like, I want to be outside. Yeah. Well, especially in Arizona. In Arizona. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the whole the point. Wet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you hurt yourself a little on days like this when it rains, but I mean, the other 360. Ten, ten days a year. Yeah, yeah. the 360 <laughs> days a year that it's like that, I mean, you kill it. Yeah, yeah, I think I don't know. I this was a win for us when you agreed to come because I think the vibe that you have when I the first co- I've been over there several times but the Thank first you. couple times I went I was just kind of hanging out um and I was like, "Damn, I need to get to know these people because this place is <laughs> This place is cool. Great. And there's so many people just around town. Like I go to the dog park. Yeah. There's so many people I meet at the dog park that'll come running around over there. Um, and but, our backyard is dog friendly. Yeah. So I. Oh well, here we go. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Are there any other reasons that right that we need? I, well, I've been I've, I've been I was a little bit pissed because I've had um, I, I've always kind of had this idea that it would be awesome to to I wondered why more bars didn't have just like an off leash dog area. And I think uh, there's there's a couple places now that are starting to do that. But yeah, I've also always, I think does it. Yeah. I've wanted to have a, a place where you could. There's obviously like the normal on leash place. Do outside. you like a yappy hour? <laughs> I think it's a natural. It's a yappy all. It's the time. It's just a yeah. yappy hour yeah. all the time. This is a killer. So, surprisingly, crowd. most of the people who bring their dogs, their dogs are very well behaved. Yeah. Okay. I th- well, I think. Well, I, th- I think the people that don't I got have some well puppies behaved. to adopt. So, <laughs> I'm so we a- we actually tried to do a puppy bowl for Super Bowl. You did. Um, it just for one reason or another just didn't work out. Um, I got the squad, but yeah, I, I, our goal is, you know, next year because, so one of the things about the bar is we don't have, uh, like cable. 
Okay. So our TV is only hooked up to a VCR where we show 1970s VHS tapes. <laughs> It's so amazing. So the fact that like yes. we're like, all right, well, Super Bowl, we're obviously not going to show the Super Bowl because right. we don't show any sports ever. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and we have a big backyard, and we're next to Wagon Wash, which is a great local, you yep. know, dog company. And yeah, so we uh, we tried to do a puppy bowl. It didn't work out this year, but I think we're going to try to do it again. This next year. is your girl right here because she does a <laughs> lot with with fostering and adoption. Oh, that's awesome! She can yeah. find you all the puppies you need. We could do an adoption event. I mean, we my could... my girlfriend wants a new dog right now, so. Oh, she... hey, you know what? <laughs> Sidebar after this, I got some puppies for you. All right, and they're cute as. We're fuck. gonna we're gonna work our way into their calendar. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're gonna. Yep. We're gonna. I, I'm yep. saying it now. I'm gonna try to. I'm going to push, try to get some, we're going to do a live Call show. Call it Gingers yeah, with Dogs. We'd love to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're going to do that for sure. I want to, I do want to back up a little bit because you, your career really sure. goes much more than just the lounge. That's more. Yeah, that's like only been within seat. the last year. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but you've got such a cool, the, the real reason I wanted to have you on is because you've just got such a cool history of, of all the stuff you do. I'm well, huge into you. music. I grew up playing guitar. I've been in several bands. And anybody that's around that industry, uh, I love to know because I th the stories are awesome. The shit that you go through is awesome. Um, but so I, I want to back up a little bit and talk about you. <clears throat> you've got, well, now you've got a record label. Yep. And what's it called? It's called President Gator. President Gator is a great name. The tattoo is great that goes <laughs> along with it on his arm. I wish that we could show the tattoo. Well, we're going to take a picture of the tattoo. Okay. okay. Let everybody see it. Um, but the thing, there's two things that I love about President Gator. First of all, are the art artists. They are all only Arizona artists. Arizona artists, which is amazing. Second of all, is the mediums that you distribute. It's vinyl only. Vinyl is amazing. Arizona only, vinyl only. Yep. Get, so I dig it. I think I'm Arizona's only all vinyl record label. You should be. Really? <laughs> should be. Yeah, I think I am. Yeah. That's, That's amazing. Yeah. Well, so, but let's go back kind of to the to the, the birth to of the this, beginning. that whole project. Yeah. To go back to the beginning. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so that would be 2001. I was 18 years old. Nice. And some of my friends from high school formed a band. Yep. I am not talented. Um, in that way. In that way. We're talented I, in many yeah, other yeah, ways. Yeah. It's just and, not and, your gift. You know, and, and, and I come from a musical family. My father is a musician. He played in country bands growing up. Uh, my dad can literally play every stringed instrument known to man. Okay. Um, but, you know, I had some friends that were like, hey, we've got this band. Uh, I was living down in Tucson at the time. I was going to U of A. Okay. And they were like, hey, do you think you can help uh, get us some gigs? Yeah. So I started throwing house parties. I would buy a keg for 50 bucks or whatever and have their band play in my living room. Yeah. And I would charge like $5 entry. And I made enough money to pay my rent. So That's all you can ask for. Yeah. <laughs> so, really? so, At 18, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, so we started doing that once a month. And then the parties got bigger and bigger and bigger until we had to find a space to rent out. Yeah. And so we, we played with the numbers and we said, okay, well, if this is how much rent is and we know this many people show up, um, you know, can we make some money doing this? So we rented out a space down in Tucson and I think we had like 500 people show up. That's amazing. And then, of course, summer happened and they're like, hey, can you help us find some gigs in Phoenix? And so 
we started booking show. I did my first show in Phoenix, August 3rd, 2001 at a old venue called Needus Hideaway. Do you have pictures from that? I do. Yeah, we're going to have to get, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna need get those. one of those pictures. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to get some of that. You know, so, uh, so it kind of started as like helping this friend's band and then it went into booking concerts. Um, the owner at the time, his name was Charlie Levy, or he wasn't the owner, but he w- he did the booking yeah, for, yeah. for Anita's Hideaway. Um, he was like, you know, I'll let you do a show as long as the bar does. Yeah, I forget what it was, like $400. Yeah. Uh, it was like a Monday night in 2001. As long as the bar hit $400, I, I could do another show. And I booked like the biggest local band at the time. They were called Redfield. And I think we sold the place out in the bar you know, did thousands of dollars and Charlie was like, you can do a show anytime. <laughs> Please so, come back. Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of what I did. I started, uh, I started promoting local concerts and I started managing other bands. And that's actually kind of where the name president Gator came from was I was managing this band called the hot guy band. Yeah. And, um, what kind of music was the hot guy band? So, so funny enough, are, are you familiar with like the format? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the Hawkeye band and the format used to have a band before both of those bands called Never Gonna Score. Really? And when they... <laughs> I love this. I love hearing bands that you know, <laughs> like the shitty bands they were in before. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no format f- fan knows about Never Gonna Score unless you like you grew up in Arizona. Yeah. I, um, you know, because all those guys went to high... We all went to high school together. Yeah. We're all, we're all from the West Side. So um, when Never Gonna Score broke up, they formed the Hawkeye band and the format and my friends started managing the format and I started managing the Hawkeye band and actually Nate Roos from the format, uh, sings on, on the Hawkeye bands album. We, we have it up on Spotify. Um, but the band, I didn't have a name for my company and the band had drawn this little comic book called president Gator about an alligator who becomes president. And they're like, well, if you want to manage us, you have to call your company president Gator. I was like, okay. And there it is. That's <laughs> so easy you, enough. You, that's something that you'd have to pay a marketing company like thousands yeah. of dollars for today to yep. get you a logo, get you a, get some branding, and it just shows up and you're like, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously they're, they're no longer around. And, you know, I've, I've continued to use the name to this day. So, you, what was kind of the progression of it after that? Because obviously you're no longer managing bands, but you've come to this point. Well, I actually kind of do. Do you uh, still? Yeah, there's a, there's a local band from Arizona called Bogan Via, and uh, I've been working with them for about seven years now. Oh, nice. We uh, we have a song on Spotify with like three million plays. Oh, wow. Um, we toured Europe, uh, did the festival circuit. We um, we recorded at the Red Bull Studios in Copenhagen. Oh, that's sweet. And how, uh, Wait, how did that come about? <laughs> um, can't just great. Can't just I, so I randomly have a friend who had a friend in Denmark and he showed him our stuff and he actually owned a record label in Scandinavia and asked if he could put out our record. And then because of that, uh, there was a festival in Norway, uh, that asked if we could come play with Todd Terhey. And so, uh, we then got in touch with like a German promoter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who booked us a whole European tour. <laughs> and so we played in like Switzerland and Paris and Copenhagen and Oslo. And when was this? This was maybe five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's wild. And the only time I've ever been to Europe. 
Yeah. All like, the places I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah, we, we played in a cave in Switzerland. Oh, man. That That's sick. Amazing. We played in like a fishing warehouse in Norway. Like, <laughs> What's crazy to me is if you've ever been in a local band, you try and try and try so hard to find like crappy basement shows or little venues. And then from a friend of a friend, you guys end up on a – European tour basically. Yeah, it was it was crazy. That's amazing. It was crazy. And this was it, this was all before the band had ever toured America. Yeah. Um, you know, after that we went on tour with uh, the singer of Wolf Parade and we did a full US tour. Um, and that was pretty awesome. What were the crowds at those European shows like? Super nice. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, Europe. <laughs> su- surprisingly into it. They knew the lyrics and were like, how do you like we're from Arizona? How do you Well you the know? thing about the thing about music in Europe that interests me so much is they will come out for bands that we see as more underground here. They'll come out in huge numbers. I mean, there are bands that can go uh, just off the top of my head, there's a there's a band here called Under Oath that I've listened to for yeah. years. And They'll play here, and they, I mean they're big enough now that they play pretty big shows. But they can sell out arenas in Europe. Oh yeah, and they can't here. They they won't do that because we. I, I think we're coming back around now I mean, to the, where the we're, saying back in the day was big in Japan. Yeah, there was like who <laughs> was was that you know you like in your hometown you might play to five hundred people, but you go to Japan and you can play for thousands. Thousand, yeah, it's it's insane how you, how. Well, it really anywhere outside America supports music in the way because we just don't. But the flip side to that is I think we have so many great smaller local venues in the U.S. that can support that you could go out. You could be a part of a band and take your band one night and go uh, like we've got some really good systems here where you can go to one venue and play with a couple dudes and acoustic set. And then the next night you can play with your full band. Did did you ever go to Fireside Bowl in Chicago? No. No, uh, no. It was like an a, like basically like a local bowling alley that would put on concerts. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I, Bra- it, Braid played there, Alkaline Trio played there, Lawrence Arms played there. That's amazing. There's so many uh, just everywhere. Raleigh, I, I spent some time in Raleigh. There's some really good like underground venues in Raleigh. Um, all of Florida has a lot of really good like. Yeah, I mean, well, Gainesville Fest. Yeah, uh, yeah, they have they have a lot of those bands because there's know. a lot of good like pop punky metal type bands that oh, come like, out of Florida. Yeah, was Newfound Glory is from Florida, Newfound, right? Day to Remember, Yellow Card, Yellow Card. Oh uh, God, yeah. <laughs> God. There's a lot of that stuff. That I came could out be of wrong Florida. about Yellow Card. They might be from California. But no. I, I think Newfound Glory. What is what, yellow? What it, now? This is going to piss me off all night, and I'm going to actually have to Google Yellow Card. What was their like hot song? I mean, oh was, gosh, I don't remember. The I just remember the like, violin nah, nah, player nah. doing backflips off of the kick yeah. drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like that was their <laughs> thing. That was, that was, was that like the violin player would just do a backflip and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. And the fact that they even had a violin player, like they're this pop punk band that had a violin player. Yeah. There were so many of these weird cities in Florida that had like a resurgence of these pop punk metal bands. Like I mean, some Ocala. of it's still big. Yes, I mean, I I just got asked to do a show for Less Than Jake. Like Less Than Jake's, st- I mean, it's ska. Yeah, but like still does numbers. People yeah. still come out. The thing that's funny though about about that part of the music world is there's bands that you'll see you'll you'll be a fan and you'll go to a show and you'll see this band like pack out you know whatever several hundred person venue, and then if you know like you talked about on the back end, they're. It, 
it doesn't pay to have a big band. Oh, <laughs> because no. you know no. you're not making that much money anyway. So I so never knew how ska bands toured. Oh, I was like, you have 13 like members. <laughs> like, how? I'm paying you 150. dollars How yeah. are you surviving? Yeah. How are you guys making any money? I, and that's that's even the ones that sell merch. Yeah. How are they making? I don't know. I never understood it. I still don't understand ska, to be honest with you. But that's. It's just people who want to dance. I never understood how you define yourself as well, like a I think ska it was band. You had like the, I did You had like all these like horns playing nerds that graduated. Like high school band. Yeah. And they were like, what are we going to do? That was my musical instrument, just FYI. I played the French horn. Did you? I was horrible and I wasn't good I and I never I've practiced. Seen a French horn. In a it, be, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I've seen a French no, horn. No, I know. I'm just, Maybe in like did uh, you ever Arcade play? Fire. <laughs> you, but you played guitar. You know, yeah. the only yeah, well, in the high school band I played saxophone. Okay. I didn't like it, but we didn't have guitar in the high school band. I mean, sax is sexy. Yeah. 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 Well, I had like, that's a shitty you old wanna, saxophone. You want to know what's not hot? The French horn. <laughs> and that was the only like <laughs> music that I've ever really interacted with that like I have no talents in that department. Did you ever attempt to play anything? Um when I was twelve, my father gave me a guitar. And I was like, all right, cool. And he basically, my father taught himself. Yeah. So just assumed that I would teach myself. <laughs> so I went no out. No sale. Yeah. So I went out and bought a book and it had a record and it showed the finger placements. And I'm playing it and it just like sounds bad, sounds wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I just give up. And then <laughs> years, la years later, um, you know, I'm like asking my dad and I'm showing him and he's like, well, why are you playing your guitar left handed? I'm like, because I'm left-handed. Like, and he had, he had given you a right-handed <laughs> so guitar. He had given me a right-handed guitar, and so I was trying to play it left-handed, and it just was did not sound good. Because <laughs> um, you weren't Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Or, or you know, like uh, Chris Rowe from the Ataris, yeah, who plays yeah, yeah. left-handed. Um, in college, I took piano, okay. but I only learned how to read sheet music. Basically, I like when it came to... I could do something with my right hand. I could do something with my left hand. Yeah. But when it came to doing two different things with the right and left, I just was like, ah, I can't do this. And but I but I learned how to read sheet music, so I can I can actually write sheet music. Wow, just can't execute. See, I'm the exact yeah. opposite. So my uncle is a career jazz guitarist. Oh, that's amazing, and he's awesome. And but I I always kind of was he. He tried to teach me, well, he still tries to teach me every now and then, but I just kind of bucked the trend of reading any of the chords and stuff that he gave me. I just learned completely by ear. So now I can pick up things by ear. I'm the opposite. Oh, that's I can't yeah. read shit music. I can't read sheet music. Well, for and shit, shit, shit music, music for sheet, sheet music I can't for read shit. my own shitty music. <laughs> I, was, I was so embarrassed by this as a child. So I was actually uh, an acting major and did musical theater throughout high school and college. Um, I didn't know that the point of singing was to sing in the same key and note as the song. Yeah. The, the just basic fundamental. No one explained that. So yeah. I was just, uh, just all over the place oh, the until changes. somebody was like, no, you're supposed to sound like this. You're supposed to harmonize. <laughs> I was like, well, if you would have told me that from the beginning, <laughs> like I would have walked out. <laughs> no, I, I, I can can't actually, do that. I can actually harmonize very well. And I, and I love harmonies. So every band I've ever managed, uh, one thing is that they've always had really good harmonies. Oh, so you have some musical talent. I have an ear, I think. An ear, okay. Um, 
being in the music hey, industry. Usually the ear makes more money than the people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, being in the music industry for 18 years, I think I can say, you know, one, what's going to be popular. And two, I, I think taste is so personal that I don't want to say that something sounds good and something sounds bad. Um, I gave Subjective. that I gave that up a long time ago. Um, you know, I would say like stuff like Jason Mraz was, you know, um, was was bad. But then you see, hey, but girls everywhere like girl, me well, just one loved girl, it. One girls everywhere loved it, but two, you had. I, I remember seeing a sign of some girl being like, I was in a coma, I had cancer, I was in a hospital, and I heard your song and it got me through it. And that right there changed my mind. It was like, you know what? This may not be for me, but if it affects somebody that strongly, who am I to say otherwise? Yeah. yeah. And so from that point on, I pretty much was booking like any concert ever. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think having the skill of of understanding what the masses are gonna like. Yeah, I mean, I booked than... I booked the weekend um, before anyone knew who he was. I I got his first mixtape, and I asked if I could fly him out from Canada to do a show in Arizona. What was that conversation like? Uh, he was super cool. I mean, he didn't have an agent. He didn't have a manager. It was yeah. just him that I was talking to. And we did a show at Celebrity Theater, and we sold it out in advance, and That's it was crazy. crazy. When when was that? It couldn't have been that like that many years ago. I right? mean, it was Recent, it was yeah. when he dropped the House of Blooms mixtape. Yeah. So two thousand and. Eight? Do you ever when wow. you when you, when I, you that's a long time ago? That's the year I graduated high school. For her sake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get out of here. When you when I'm you right, like, I'm sorry. Book and talk to these people. Do you, do you ever keep up with any of them? Do, like, do you ever? Uh, some yeah, some bands I'm still friends with. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a band. You don't have to name drop if you don't want to, but I just uh, yeah, it's cool I mean, to the, think like about there's like, a there's a band from California um who just played McDowell Mountain Music Fest this mm -hmm. weekend. Uh, they're called the Growlers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're pretty good friends of mine. Uh, they come down to the bar and hung out. It's such a cool industry to be in, I think. If a you... lot of these bands used to sleep on my couch. Yeah. So a lot of these bands would start really small. I mean, um, local natives, those guys used to sleep on my couch back in the day. What's um, your what What's your favorite touring story? Oh, God. You got to have some good ones. I have one. Why are you thinking about that? Okay. I've got one. I was when one of the bands I was in, we were touring up the East Coast. And we had stopped somewhere between D.C. and uh, I think maybe we were in Pennsylvania. <laughs> but we had taken this old – we didn't get a van. Everybody else got a van and a trailer. And for some reason, this was 2006, 2007-ish. And all these bands were coming up. Um, and you would kind of tour together. We, we yeah. would try to help each other out and go to like do the same shows and blah, blah, blah. What, what was your band, by the way? My band was called Save Huck. Okay. We were we were not, okay. Not to be confused with Save Ferris. No, no, definitely <laughs> no. No, not at all. But we played some festivals um and and we kind of did, you know, the the East Coast circuit, but there were a lot of people were getting their their um trailers broken into. Yeah. So we at one point were in North Carolina and we saw that the local airport had a lot of their um shuttle buses for sale for dirt cheap 
So we went up um, to, they had one that was at Dulles, I think, in D.C. And so we drove up to D.C. and we bought this shuttle bus and we gutted it. And we went to Lowe's and we bought a bunch of two-by-sixes and two-by-fours. We ripped all the seats out. Um, we had a couch that was in our garage studio and we took this couch. It was a sleeper. So we, it was big enough that we could put the, the sleeper sofa in there and then we built some bunks. And then in the back... We built. I mean, honestly, pretty smart. Yeah, we built, and in the back, we there was a big door. The emergency door would open in the back, and it wasn't a tall bus. I mean, the bumper was like here, and uh, we we built the back container compartment where we could just put all our gear in the back. So we only had one tiny thing. living before it was cool. Yeah, but the funny part exactly. about it was we put a converter on the bus, and we would just go to like local parking lots and we would mooch. We had like a hundred foot power cable and we would mooch power overnight. <laughs> so we had like a little mini RV. I mean, that that was definitely the thing to do back then. Uh, I toured with a band whose van ran off of oil. So we would go to like Chinese restaurants what? after the show and just ask if we could take their their grease traps. What? And we would just take the grease traps and we would pour it in, and that's how our van ran. How? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah, dial it back. <laughs> how? I, I don't know. I'm not an engineer. No, was this the fuel? It, yeah. How far would you get on like a thing of canola oil? To the next city. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's all. There were a lot of bands that did that's this. Cheaper than buying gas. Like, I, uh, I, I toured with this band, Ozma. That's what. That's how they like their van ran off which vegetable oil. That's crazy. I've never really. I mean, it's a great idea, but I've just never seen that. I, and I think this was like this had to have been a thing because there were a ton of bands whose vans ran off of vegetable oil. It yeah. doesn't happen so much anymore. Yeah, but it was definitely a thing. It's probably like one of those things where. Somebody on the forums was like, "Hey, we're doing this with our van, and yeah. we can like scrape this shit up off the floor <laughs> yeah. at the end of the night." Yeah, you don't have to go fill up like. I don't know if anyone here has ever like worked at a restaurant. I was a fry cook for like Tony Roma's when I was sixteen, and you just like come home smelling like deep yeah. fried oil. Yeah, our van just smelled like that all the time. <laughs> just, it, the, the van just smelled like <laughs> French fries twenty four seven. Oh man, that sounds amazing. I love french fries, but not that much. <laughs> and you think about like <laughs> nah, doing this, that. the summer tour circuit and you just, it's hot. Oh, warp Tour? And you, warp yeah, Tour yeah. in a van that smells like oh. french fries? warp Tour is the smelliest because you've got all these <laughs> bands that are playing like the little Ernie Ball stage. We yeah. did this at one point. And you play this, you were so hyped because you were playing warp Tour. tour yeah. But it was the shittiest thing ever because you'd play these tiny little shows and then you'd have to spend the rest of the day in the searing heat trying to sell merch oh <laughs> absolutely miserable and everybody would kind of caravan to the next place it was the best and the worst times of my life <laughs> was it like that in europe it no 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 we uh we we the, it's a lot cleaner okay i remember we so it we had we, to be a lot cleaner yeah we showed up to our first gig in switzerland and uh <laughs> like they're like they had full-blown catering like which as a small band yeah. was like they were like blowing. what are French fries <laughs> yeah and then and then uh, before the show did you show, give them a rider did you have yeah a they asked they asked us for a rider in the band and they you know I, they were a young band and uh, they had never been on tour and they so didn't, a rider they, they didn't know never, what a rider was yeah if you're listening and you don't know what a rider is it's a sheet basically of your requirements so like when Metallica is like only yellow M and M's or whatever kind of shit that these big bands will say that's what a rider is yeah. So, so I asked the kids, I was like, all right, well, what do you guys want? <laughs> and they're like, um, I don't know, some nuts, like some cheese, like 
What would be on your rider? What if you had? What if your green room was waiting for you? Oh man, your Britney status. My Britney status. Well, Brit- if I gotta wear an outfit like her, I'm gonna have a different. No, we're not thinking about that. We're just okay. thinking about what's your green room. What are your What are your requirements? Like, what are your comfort foods? Like, if if oh, you're, we're getting Dairy like, Queen. Well, let's put it we're, this way. we're gonna have an ice cream oh, it doesn't bar. Doesn't have to be food. Some of these big bands will be like, "This is the couch we travel with," and you will unwrap it and wrap it. I mean, we put. <laughs> oh we, no, we I'm put, extra, like, but I'm not that extra. <laughs> yeah, we put like disposable cameras and postcards on ours. Oh, that's a great. So idea. that when we were at the show, we could take pictures and we could send postcards back home to our family. That's amazing. That's oh, a that's... great idea. Yeah. See, I wasn't think. I was literally just like, "Can I have an ice cream bar?" Because when I'm done with this, I'm gonna want. I mean, you got to think. You've been sitting in a van for twelve hours, yeah. driving with four other people. What do you want as soon as you get out of that van? Yeah, ice cream and like a Sudoku puzzle, and I want to be left the fuck alone. I don't know if I can eat ice cream and then get on stage. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's why I asked. You know, you said Britney Spears status, and I'm thinking the time I saw her in Vegas with her outfits, I'm like, I'm not eating Dairy Queen before I go out there. So we did one time. We were we were going up the East Coast, and we played in Rockville, Maryland, at the the F. Scott Fitzgerald Theater. All we knew that we were going to play on this show that had been procured with like five or six other bands. What we found out when we got there, that it was my super sweet 16. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> and we, we we got there, and it was, this is the only time, it was the first time we had ever had, like, any kind of green room. But we get back there, we're hanging out, and we're like, oh, my God, this is literally a bunch of teenagers. And we play, like, pseudo metal. Like, they're not here for us. <laughs> but apparently somebody in the bur- in this party had requested oh, we, us. We played a lot of Sweet 16 it's parties. Crazy. They pay well. They do Remember pay when well. that was the big thing? It was like a TV show and everybody to have. That's what. Well, so one of, one of the. That's what you, this was. Oh, what like this you was. were talking about literally yeah. my super I'm Sweet you. 16. I mean, one, one of the yeah. bands I, I went on tour with, um, same thing. They did MTV real world yeah and that's how they blew up um they were called hello goodbye and oh yeah hello goodbye is big they're a big band well they i mean yeah they were i mean there's when when we were touring we were doing sold out house of blues tours they've probably like yeah but they're I mean, still I mean, people still know who they are yeah yeah i've heard of them which means they they're still they did okay still touring, yeah. yeah 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 i think uh, we have a show for them coming up at valley bar wow i i don't think ours ever aired but we the the best part of the story is it was a mat it was the biggest stage we've ever played on. We went out there to sound check and we were like, "Why are you 20, 30 feet away?" Because we were used to being on these. But when we go out, the curtains down, we get ready for our set, and the guy in the back he was like, "Can we use the fog machine?" And we were like, "Yeah, sure, go ahead, do do your fog thing." And what we would do was when the curtain came up, we would all be huddled around the drum set. And then the drummer would be like, one, two, on the cymbal. And then we would all run to the front and just open. That's how we started. Well, (laughs) (laughs) can you see what's happening here? I I can see what's happening. This is evolving very quickly. The curtain opens. He can see it. We can't see anything behind us, but he can see the curtain opens. He's like, one, two, three. And then we turn around and we run. I can't. I'm running into the movie The Mist. I cannot see (laughs) anything. And I run up. I was completely off trajectory for where the mic was. I run completely off the stage. Oh my god! I and, and my I've got an SG, so <laughs> the horns of the guitar are very pointy, and I just like murder this crowd of teenagers face first. Um, and I'm like, all I remember thinking on the way down is I'm gonna kill all, like six people right here, <laughs> six sixteen year old girls. Yeah. yeah, and I hit them all, and 
without missing a beat. They pick me up, put me back on stage. We this song keeps going, and it's like perfectly fine. Uh, there's Somebody some, there's had some to girls be telling this story right now. Yeah. That was like their first concert, and they're like, "Oh my god, it was awesome!" Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did people like mosh and do stuff at your shows? Um, we were probably no, we weren't that heavy. We weren't okay. like a mosh band. I had a girlfriend that was like really into like the underground band scene, and she used to bring me to like all these like under. I'm I'm gonna say underground places, but they were like these real shitty bars. You like go downstairs, and like everybody's underage, you know, whatever. And um, I went to one where they were moshing, and I was completely outside of my element. And some guy like, and I'm standing in the back, right? Because I I stay in my lane. Like I know what I'm built for and what I'm not. And this guy comes in like roundhouse kicks and just. I took one right to the stomach, flew back into the wall, and I was like, Mushers why am I oh, yeah. here? They get wild. I mean, there, yeah, there was a guy you ever called jumped in King a pit? of the Pit. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> He's like, hell yeah. What do you think? This is my first day? Yeah, yeah I've stage I've been dive. punched I've in the been face. I've been in a pit. Yeah. Yeah. Stage diving's fun. Yeah. Crowd surfing. When they catch you, it's fun. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they don't, not so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your, wait, what are your favorite bands? What are you into? <sighs> I Like, my personal taste is not anything that like I book or manage or put out on my record label. Uh, anything that we would know? Probably not. Maybe. Yeah. I, I really like IDM, which is intelligent dance music. It like uh, is this you, a genre or yeah, is this a no, group? It's a genre. Is it like <laughs> the, intelligent is it, is, dance music? Is it like Please the, tell me more about this. Okay, have is you it like, like the math metal of dance music? Mm, no, it I was it, thinking EDM. But like, no. yeah, is so not a, is a have you heard? So like the biggest person of that genre would be Aphex Twin. No, oh, I've heard the name. I okay. couldn't. I don't know. The, but so oh. like Aphex Twin's one of my favorite musicians. Um, Square Pusher. Mm-mm. Um, I also listen to a lot of like ambient music. Yeah. OK. Uh, Brian Eno. Yeah, for uh, sure. Philip Glass, like yeah. composer. Um. Yeah, I listen to the most like. What is it about it? What? what, Well, no, but what is it about it though that that you like? Um, Ambient music, I think, is just very like zen. It's very calming. Um, I also like the complexity that can be done in a minimalistic setting. Yeah. Uh, Brian Eno, Philip Glass. I mean, these guys do amazing work with such little amount. And as far as like IDM goes, it's almost like the opposite. There's literally so much going on. Like the beats per minute will jump from like 60 beats per minute to 560 beats per minute. It's not even audible at that point. Yeah, Like a lot, like, you know, like I'll show it to my girlfriend and she's like, that's just noise. You're literally (laughs) just listening to noise. But there, there's a method behind the madness, and it is very mathematical. I'm, I have like a crazy math brain. Yeah. I won the American math competition for the United States. I got a perfect score on my math SAT. Did you? Yeah. Wow. I finished advanced. Rain calculus. Man's in the house, guys. Yeah, I, I finished like Rain advanced Man calculus is in the house. when I was like 16. You finished what? Advanced calculus at a college when I was 16. I failed that shit three times in college, <laughs> and it wasn't even advanced. It was pre-calc. <laughs> Yeah. God bless you. I, I think I, I think you, I did pre-cal when I was in sixth grade. Make me feel like young, shit right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, like twelve or yeah, something. Yeah, there you go. Sixth grade, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Make me feel dumb. <laughs> yep. Well, it's just, that's the same principle, like with math metal, though, is that it's very. I mean, everything. 
especially the drums. Yeah. Are, are well, a lot of times they're electronic and they're literally placed in there. Well, and a lot of that's you know uh, classical music just sped up. Yeah. A lot of a lot of metal is is very well composed music. It's crazy to me now the the availability that we have, you know, especially across social media. There's all these kind of sub level genres that people. I don't know. Even ten years ago, were there were, there just wasn't the availability uh, for them to even have the chance to be big. And now, yeah. you, anything if you you could just look at any generic festival, and there's all the, it's all the gamut. That's one of the things people hate a lot. But that's I mean, one of the things a- that I like. Apex Twin was one of the headliners at Coachella. Yeah, well, that's what I was getting <laughs> ready to say. That's one of the things I love about Coachella is you can walk around and you can see. You know Ariana on one end, and if you stay there for six songs, and then just walk to another artist you want to see on the other side of the festival grounds, and you'll find three more people that you've never heard of on the way. Yeah. And so as much of, of you know as people are haters of that festival, and that's not the only ones. There's tons of them in Europe that are doing a killer job. Haters are gonna hate. I've yeah. been going to Coachella since. He's like before it was cool. <laughs> well, he's like for, I for, invented for, Coachella. For, Get for, off for, me. Very long time. Yeah, I mean, I uh, my friends and I have been going to Coachella for easily over a decade. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I don't know. I love it. I love the way that they do. I, and I get a little bit disappointed sometimes when I go to other festivals and it's just not. I don't think you get the outside of the music value. Other festivals don't provide a lot of the interactive value. Yeah, I think once you're there and you see that. Anything else is a little bit tough to. You just feel spoiled, and it's like anything else when you get a high class taste of a production. Yeah, Coachella is a very, very well done festival. Yeah, it is really good. So to that end, though, outside of the the bars that you have done, outside of the record label that's kick ass, you've been a promoter yeah. for so long very long and time. you work you still do that and you work yeah, for some of the coolest my day venues job. in town <laughs> yeah uh so i'm the director of operations for stateside presents and we're the parent company uh the music arm as you would say uh to crescent ballroom valley bar and the van buren yeah and we book uh 750 plus concerts a year Ranging wow. from 250 capacity to 20,000 capacity. Uh, we do shows for Mumford & Sons, uh, Arcade Fire, Black Keys, Modest Mouse, Death Cab for Cutie. Were you at Mumford recently when they came to town? Yeah, that was our show. Oh, man, that was such a good show. Yeah, that, that was that, the I remember that, that was the you saying, presents. you speaking really highly of that. Well, the opener canceled. So these dudes... Oh I mean, yeah, that was hilarious. They're a, they're a big band. They yeah. can do what they did not have to do this. And this is why every time I see them, they get better and better. Yeah. But they the opener canceled. And so they went out and and I'm assuming went out that day and bought a bunch of costumes. Yeah. And they made up a band and they were their own opener. And they played for what, thirty thirty yeah. Thirty some minutes. Yeah. Just in, in, in completely ridiculous costumes. There was a dinosaur on stage. There were <laughs> yep. a couple of super. It was troopers. awesome. I remember you amazing. I don't know if it was like an Instagram store or you were sending me videos of this, but I remember yeah. being like, That's that's cool. I major respect for those yeah. dudes because they don't have to do that kind yeah. of stuff. They yeah. don't want to. They could have just been like, Oh well, they'll wait till we're ready to go. Yeah. yeah. Or or just, you know, play an extra thirty minutes of your Mumford stuff. Yeah. You know? But I think that shows how what makes bands like that so good because not only did they do that, they put together a set. And I mean, I'm sure, but for all them to know those songs, and at some point, somebody's just playing the rhythm and the rest of them yeah, can play yeah. along. They're such good musicians. 
but they played all these covers that were not their music and the crowd man they got they got major points from yeah. the crowd no, that was, was already there for them it was anyway. awesome and then they played the killer show that's awesome what uh, with regard to just the logistics of that what is it about that job that you love i find that the youth is what keeps it alive yeah and i get a real kick out of finding out what kids are listening to and what's popular and for me it's almost a game to predict like okay is this band going to be the next arena band yeah you know in five ten years does this band have what it takes to jump from valley bar to crescent to van buren to arizona federal to auction pavilion to the arena um you know and seeing that progression and helping those bands kind of grow in that progression because we'll take uh just to give you an example we did a show for uh this flautist that no one had heard and we did a show for her at valley bar and we basically had to cancel because we didn't sell enough tickets. Well, the next year we did a show for her at Van Buren and it was sold out and her name's Lizzo. Yep. And you know, we were flute playing Lizzo. Yeah. Yeah, Flute playing flutist. Um, you know, and in literally a year she went from not even being able to sell 250 tickets to I think those tickets were reselling for four thousand dollars a ticket That's at Van Buren. Yeah, she's hot right now, like prime time. Why do you think it happened? And I think this the the crux of this question is where we are now. You know, kind of digital availability. But why do you think it happened so fast for her? You know, it's not only her. Yeah. We did a show for Billie Eilish at Van Buren, and I remember our general manager. He had uh, three daughters, and they were like. 10, 12, and 14 or something. Yeah. And all of his daughters were like insane about this. And so we're like, okay, I'm going to go to the show. I'm going to see what this is all about. And I watch it and I'm like, yeah, she's fine. It's pop music. Um, But these girls were going nuts. It was like, it was like how they talk about the Beatles where girls were just screaming on the top of their lungs, fainting. And I was like, if your fan base is that crazy about you, doesn't matter whether I like your yeah, music yeah, yeah. or yeah. not. Like you're going somewhere, yeah. You know, and obviously, Billie Eilish, what won four? Grammys I think she's year. awesome. Yeah, I yeah, I and, love and her the, music. The music. You know, it's well, different, but I I like it. And it's cool because it's like a brother sister. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he does the music and and she sings, and it's you know, though I I love those beats. I think he's got the best job ever because he can still be famous and kind of be in the background. Yeah, like, yeah, that's and the best you know, kind and, he's, and he's got gigs writing songs for other for people, other people now. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Do you, do you think that the because I I've been out of that for a long time, but I remember when I wasn't in, in it, it just felt like such a young man's game. Or young woman's game. Yeah. But so do you think it's still like that? Yeah, or is yeah. It... I mean, uh, I, I, so I'm 38, and I'm the second oldest person in my office. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we just hired a new talent buyer, and he is in his early 20s. And in order, he just got his dream get, job. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're training him. Yeah. And um, you know, but he has good taste. And he has his ear to the ground, and he knows what's hot, 
and he knows acts that I have never heard of. Yeah. And I'm not going to hear because I'm 38. Even yeah. though I'm <laughs> even though I'm in this industry and I, you know, I I know a lot more than other people. Um, you know, he's just going to know stuff that I don't know. So how much influence do you have <clears throat> over the schedule of of or say of who comes in, who doesn't? How does that Well, so Say that that you're a band and you want to tour. Basically, at this point, our our company is at such a stature that we only work with like le- legitimate booking agencies. Right. Um, so if if that band wants to play Arizona, they hit us up. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've reached out to a band in years. Um, you know, so they'll hit us up and they'll say, "Hey, we want to play X venue," and so we give them the dates. They say send us an offer. Um, I, we determine the ticket prices. We determine how much we're going to spend on marketing, catering. We put the whole expense sheet together and basically it's glorified gambling. Yeah. You say, I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars, no matter what, if zero people show up or if a thousand people show up, I'm going to pay you this no matter what. Right. And, you know, thankfully, and probably because of the math, uh, I'm pretty good at my job. Yeah. <laughs> so I can mitigate risk very well. And I have a pretty high success rate of the concerts that I book making money. Yeah. I mean, I would think you'd have to, to be, to kind of have that kind of longevity in it. Also, um, Crescent has really good tacos. <laughs> the food is amazing yeah, at the Crescent. food is really good. Uh, all the tortillas are made by hand from scratch daily. I've, I've, I've honestly, say I've, less. <laughs> I've been there more just to eat than I have to, to see the shows. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a great place. Usually if there's something I want to see at Van Buren, I'll go down to Crescent, grab some food. Yeah. Out there the, for a while. The, the, Cause there's the always food, a band the in there too. So you can, I've heard go. that Van Buren is a really cool venue. I just, I haven't beautiful. been beautiful. Um, beautiful. There was Spanish somebody tile, that chandeliers. Yeah. There was somebody that I wanted to go see. Um, Lizzo. No. <laughs> No, but I do. When she plays the flute, like I'm not gonna lie, that jacks me up. It's it, it reminded me of Aretha Franklin. Like she yeah. put on this just like captivating show. Yeah, I don't like. I won't lie. I won't like listen to her songs in the car. I don't like. It's not like car music. But as a performer, I think she's phenomenal. Well, I think we've come to this age, and I was talking to somebody else about this. But I, I think we've gotten to an age now where even the the small time bands your show has to be so much better than it did oh, yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I remember we, I, we, we were kind of coming up and we were on the road when, um, when bands were really just starting to have lights. Yeah. Like bands were getting LEDs yeah. and we were like, Oh shit. I mean, we got the, the band I manage. We tour with 3d projection mapping. It's crazy. <laughs> That's it's wild. ridiculous. <laughs> like everybody's got a lighting guy now Yeah. just to run the illustrations and everything that's, and and you see all these bands now that are coming in with. I remember when I saw a couple of years ago, the last time I saw Bring Me the Horizon, they had no amps on stage. They were complaining completely through the PA, and it blew me away. I mean, okay. they were because they're a full band. They're like a live band. Yeah. But all of their switching, everything, there had to be somebody back there. Oh sure. Switching, sure. and. And they're playing to tracks, you know. They're playing to tracks, but but also they had the full. It was because you could clearly tell they wanted a seamless set, sure. Because the entire stage was clean. It was the cleanest stage I've ever seen for a band 
that plays a place like that. Yeah. I mean, the, the place that I saw him at was roughly the size of the Van Buren, and there was really nothing on stage. Was it uh, like the Nile or the Marquee? Uh, it was uh, oh, Club shit. Red. No, it was in it was in um, it was on the East Coast. Oh, okay. It was in Virginia. Um, oh, God, what the anyway? But it was about the same size, and their whole the back line was a giant LED panel. Yeah, I mean, and it I mean was that's like, it. That's that's what bands are doing. Now. It's it's crazy, and I, I I think like how hard must it be? To oh keep yeah, when up? they when they came here in Phoenix, they played uh, Comerica AZ Federal yeah, yeah, Theater. Yeah. yeah, I think Poppy opened. Well, they, yeah. I don't know if you know who Poppy is. Yeah, but that's the crazy thing about Brittany. I, I don't. I'm sorry. Well, she, I, <laughs> who we is were, Poppy? We were listening to um, – you, you haven't heard that. Is but. it P-O-P-P-Y yeah. or yeah, Poppy yeah. like no, P-O-P-P-Y. Poppy? Yeah, yeah. She's like a – she's a YouTube star. Yeah. Really? Yeah, but her whole thing is that like – like she's like a robot kind yeah, of. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah, no, you lost me. But, Good. A- but I'll check it out just because I like to check the, out the new things. The videos are weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Weird. But that's the thing about a band like Bring Me to the Horizon. They used to be like dirty, dirty metal, and now they're playing this kind of. Uh, they got like a lot electronic, of electronic metal. stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, I mean, honestly, their stuff kind of sounds like Skrillex a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's very dubstepy. Well, I think it's because they they got big enough to be friends with, with yeah. people like him, and now <laughs> yeah, they're. Yeah. But uh, you know, I think you you also as a band you have to, I think you have to shape shift so much quicker. You For have sure. to evolve way fast. I don't know. I can't imagine that we would have ever even had the like. I wouldn't even say what we had was success, but today there's no way we would have been able to keep up. We yeah. just it's hard. It's really hard. And the talent level, I think, is it has to be. What's it like? How much of your time, or do you spend time kind of going through and and approving? Oh, I listen to every band we book, every, every single band. How every much, how much of your day is that? Oh, that's that's all day. Yeah. <laughs> you just like always have headphones in. Uh, well, okay. Uh, Are you that my guy? office gets annoyed with me because I'm the only one who doesn't wear headphones. <laughs> um. And we book so many different genres well, you're one of, the of bosses, music. So yes, yeah, so. and no one bought him AirPods for Christmas. <laughs> you know, my my so I actually I like DJ for fun sometimes. Okay. And so like my sister actually bought me some really nice headphones. I just don't use them. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> I'm sure when she listens to this, she'll be thrilled. Uh, what what kind of things? Um, oh. Well, the, so we, the beast has we have free. an escape artist. <laughs> this always happens. Um, What's up, Abe? He's very friendly, by the way. Um, I, I want to know what kind of things folks can do. You know, you're doing a lot of killer stuff for the community. I think your story is awesome. I think where you're going is awesome, and, and we're happy that we've had the chance to get to know you. Yeah, thank you for what, inviting me. Not down. all heroes wear capes because this man's <laughs> bar is delivering beer with a roll of toilet paper. Yeah, tell yes. us about that. That's what I want to talk um, about. <laughs> so. As of 8 o'clock last night, Mayor Kate Gallego shut down all bars in Phoenix, Yeah, which, as a small business owner, um, can be crippling. Yeah. Yep. We have nine employees, and so we tried to think, what can we do to help keep our employees employed? Yeah. yeah. So we decided um, we have a liquor license that allows us to sell to go. And we talked to our liquor attorney and we said, hey, what a time to be alive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And we talked to our liquor attorney and said, OK, can we do deliveries? Yeah. And she said, yeah. And so we looked into some services. Um, 
there's apps for liquor delivery. They're just not really popular yeah. yet. Um, Which beats me, right? Well, yeah. they're not very intuitive either. Yeah, they're not. They're they're definitely not the best platforms. Yeah. Um, so we decided. Well, we have a bunch of cars. Like we've all worked in the restaurant industry before. Why can't you just phone in to the bar and we take Place down your order. order and we'll come bring it to you? Um, and the toilet paper was honestly so uh, we have bathrooms. We get toilet paper and paper towel and soap deliveries every week. Well, I have, uh, you know, two cases of toilet paper that I can't use. Yeah. People are going crazy for toilet paper it's right now. It's weird times. <laughs> this is early 2020. It's weird times. Yeah. You know, so I figured, well, why not just throw in a roll of toilet paper? I thought it'd be fun and funny. And, it is funny. It's yeah. great. You know, Like and, I said, not all heroes wear capes, you know? Well, I mean, the news picked it up. Yeah, yeah, I did an interview with Fox 10 today. Uh, our Instagram has been blowing up. Our Facebook's been blowing up, I think. after. So I made the post at 2 o'clock. By 2.15, we had already gotten three phone calls at the bar for deliveries. That's awesome. Jeremiah's phone battery has to almost be dead because it just keeps lighting up. Yeah. It keeps like <laughs> – uh, so, Well, yeah. when you do that since, many since, things since and you're that cool. Doing, since we've been doing this, I have 15 text messages and about 25 emails. Yeah, that's wow. phenomenal. Man, that's such a great problem to have. In my phone time, is dry as fuck. What? It, th- we are in the desert over here in my life. <laughs> I, I th- are any of the other spots uh, doing food delivery, anything like that? Yeah. So um, our friends, Gracie's, uh, Gracie's Tax Bar, they're doing uh, liquor d- uh, to go from yeah. their service window as well. Um, Crescent is doing uh, Grubhub and Postmates uh, with their food. We um, can get tacos. Yeah, <laughs> you can get those tacos. Yeah, for sure. Um, our friends, uh, Dirty Drummer, they're doing uh, to go food. Um, yeah. Basically, you know, all, all of our friends were we're just in this together and we're trying to make it one day at a time. Yeah, and I think that's everybody we've talked to, we've trying to we've been trying to figure out, you know, what we can say, how we can help because I think uh, we love this neighborhood. We love being here. Obviously, we've got we've got listeners that are coming from places well outside of Phoenix, but I think the message that that we just want to keep getting across is uh, go to these spots. If you got favorite spots, call them. Ask them if they're doing anything. See see if they're delivering. See if you can go pick it up. Um, man, I'm I'm stoked that you came. Uh, oh, thank you for having me. I love your story. I love everything that you guys are doing. We're huge fans, um, and uh, you know I think that we're. You can catch me outside on that patio <laughs> for sure, when yeah. this when this thing blows over when and it, everyone can get back out. At one of the time, drag shows. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Honestly, don't be ignorant. Drag shows are fucking great. Oh, they're amazing. Blast. Get your head out of your ass. Yeah. It's the place to be. Yeah, hell yeah. We, Especially playing cornhole. Like, who? what right? real American? So, you, if you don't like cornhole, you're not a real yeah. American. Also, I, I don't know if you wear heels or not, but it is not the easiest thing to play cornhole, cornhole in heels, in, heels uh, in grass. It's, it's not hard to wear heels. Male or female. Yeah. <laughs> what? Exactly. You should do some kind of competition for like best male. You, I, I, I'm feeling like some kind of race. We should heels. do a runway walk. You have like yeah. a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have yeah. a little runway. We got to get some. Dudes I'm in here heels. for this. Yeah, got to get some dudes this. in heels. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we're gonna see the stuff you're doing, the effects of the of the city, um, the effect you have on the city, and the things that you're doing are awesome. I think everybody's, uh, you know, that that's been listening here. 
uh, you know, I'm glad that we've had a chance to to let you kind of talk about your story and things. Thank you're you. Doing, I appreciate I, I it. Think, especially to the arts community around here, not just the food and beverage community, but for, for all the things that, that you play a role in people's lives around here that they don't even realize that. I think it's important for, for people to know who you are and, and get to know those people. So I appreciate you for that. I, I thank you for that. I think we're going to see, um, we're going to see Thunderbird and, and got other projects launch and pick up for a very long time around here. And, and we're stoked to have a new friend of the show. So thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. It's a wrap.